there, my name is Shane Craddock and this is the Inner Edge podcast where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hi there, welcome to uh, today's episode. Hope you are in good form wherever you are in the world. Whenever you're listening to this, um, I was just reflecting there before turning on record here, I was just reflecting on the last week from my point of view. And it just kind of struck me that uh, kind of a theme, I would say, and, and I think it's it's there, it, it pops up every now and again because it's consistent in my work. Um, but definitely a theme that was very evident this week was you know, I'm going to phrase it like this, am I the only one? And this is nothing to do with today's episode, which is uh, what I'm calling, is tension good or bad for performance? So we'll come back to that in a second. But just very quickly, I think a theme that was very clear to me this week with all of my interactions in a professional context um, was just this, am I the only one, or maybe I am the only one with this kind of either vulnerability or what I see as a problem, and I don't want anybody else to know about it. And, you know, I'm in this game, whatever you want to call this game, for the last 21 years. Um, I mean, and that's one of the reasons why I'll often talk about my own challenges, which don't necessarily, you know, some of them have been conquered, some of them, but like life life and business is an adventure. You're always going to have challenges, right? So, but this week, definitely people just, it's just this, no, I don't want anybody else to know about it. I, I think I'm the only one. And you're not the only one. So like, if you're listening to this thinking, you know, what am I missing, whatever else, look, you're not alone. Um, the most important thing really, I think, uh, for my own journey is not to get o- overly caught up while analyzing yourself, but also to be comfortable being vulnerable. And, you know, even if you're the best of the best, I'm not talking about being seriously depressed. If you are in that kind of zone, you're not the only one and there's loads of help available, but you have to make the first step and reach out and connect with somebody and just even just talk and realize that, yeah, you might be feeling bad. But what I also found fascinating at the opposite end of the scale, you could be somebody who is per- perceived as very successful um really good at what you do but maybe you've hit a blip in the road um and again you're not the only one and i think it's just to realize that just to give you some comfort um for whatever that's worth anyway on to today's episode is tension good or bad for performance now i'm going to throw out something here that i know is a kind of a contrarian viewpoint and i think a lot of people when they listen to this first of all i'm going to go no no you know he might have i might have liked some of the other episodes but craddock has got this one wrong i'm going to ask you to stay with me to the very end on this one um just just to be open and consider something that I know is the opposite to probably what 95% of people will think. Um, so m- m- my point is that the model you have around tension has a massive effect on your performance, but in particular on the people around you. So if you're a parent or a leader or a coach or whatever else, your view of performance, which is probably going to be unconscious at this point, and I, I'd like you to consider making it conscious, like what is your model around tension when it comes to performance. Okay, so in my view, tension is very bad for performance and enjoyment. Now, when I say very, like I've come to the conclusion that any tension is bad. Now, this is where people will disagree with me and that's okay. So let's let's just explore it. So, okay, I'm gonna give you some examples. And as you're listening to this, wherever you are in the world, um, just, just consider what your viewpoint is. So I'm gonna think about a basketball player, in a final, 
last 10 seconds, they have the shot. Is tension good or bad for that person shooting? What do you think? Um, in an exam, is any sort of tension good or bad? If you're taking an, if you're an interview, I've, I've had many places before I started working for myself where I was going for interviews, and afterwards I'd be kicking myself saying, oh, didn't say this, didn't say that, or could have said this, could have... And if I track it back, it's probably because there was a degree of tension where if I was very relaxed and carefree, then I would, uh, I would have, I would have nailed it. And on a very simple level, like I, I, I can, you know, think of funny examples, even playing pool with friends, where you know, when there's nothing at stake and there's no tension, most people just say oh, they just pay to their play to their potential. I remember potting balls in all over the place, and then one of the guys, who this is what he do all the time, says, "Right, ten or Dan, you know, ten dollars, ten euros." Uh, for the next person who can pop, say, three balls in a row without break. And all of a sudden, for some people, the tension there will actually knock them out of it. Others might respond to it differently. So there is definitely kind of a, how does the person respond to the situation? So you might be somebody that says, well, no, I like the pressure situation. I seem to respond to that. But what I'm going to say to you is, if you're that kind of person, it probably means that inside you, you're thinking less, you're much calmer, you're clearer. There is no tension. Okay, so tension is... Um, a physical manifestation or reaction, I think, to how you're thinking or seeing the moment. And I can put two or three people into the same situation and they probably will all react in a slightly different way. So does that mean tension is good or pressure is good or bad? Hmm. Think of a golfer coming down playing the last hole of a competition where they have to get a certain score to win the tournament. Is tension good or bad? If you're an actor going on stage, you want to remember your lines is tension, good or bad. In a work context, to get the best out of yourself or your team, is tension, good or bad? What about you in a meeting? Like I find generally people have no tension or they're not self-conscious. Self-consciousness breeds tension. It's interference inside you. That's bad for the creativity and the presence in the meeting. Most people go into a meeting and they're very self-conscious and they're reacting to what either they think people are saying about them or what they are hoping won't happen, but they're not actually in the meeting. And if they're relaxed, they're more present. If you're more present, you generally are living in the area of optimal performance. Uh, something that might be of interest to you is uh, I'm running a free Crowdcast webinar on Thursday, the 30th of September, 5 p.m. Irish time, on what I'm calling five ways to win bigger. Um, now, even if you can't make that date, uh, there, there will be a link in the show notes here attached to this podcast where I'll leave the recording up for, well, I might leave it up for whatever, uh, whenever. <laughs> um, I'm taking some content. I'm going to give it out for free. It's content from my upcoming Mindshift program. Um, I will be promoting Mindshift um, on that webinar because it's free. And I think it's only fair because obviously business is business. Um, but uh, I know a lot of people are curious about Mindshift, it may not be for you, um, but you will get actually quite a significant amount out of the five ways to win bigger, the content that I'm going to give. So if that's of interest, check it out in the show notes. There's a link there to the Crowdcast. You can register for it. If you turn up, great. You can ask me questions live. Um, it'd be lovely to have you there live interacting with me. Um, it's I can't see you, It's but you, you have a text interface to kind of ask questions or make comments, which is always very useful and very interesting. So if you're listening to this and you're a fan of what you've been hearing, please come along, check it out. And if you can't make it, uh, certainly the recording will be there. Leave it up there for a while anyway. Um, check it out. All right, back to the show. 
So, like, there's definitely a change afoot in the sporting world if you track that area in terms of leadership or management or coaching. <clears throat> that more and more you'll see some of the modern managers coming through. Uh, I'm thinking of, say, soccer or rugby, where, um, and even, say, American football, where they're talking about, no, no, I, you know, I want you to go out and enjoy the game. I want you guys to kind of <clears throat> enjoy what you're doing, enjoy the game, enjoy the training, because they're starting to see that the team and players perform better when they are enjoying the game. Now, some players and some management will come out and say the complete opposite, and I think that to me is the old model. Um, and again, you know, I think it's it is unique to the person, right? Now, I'll always get back thrown at me with what I used to use myself in in some training and development is the stress performance bell curve, right? Now, it's a famous curve, but just to kind of go back to that, that research was performed by two psychologists back in 1908, uh, Yerkes and Dodson, if my memory serves me correctly, right? Now, what that research was based on was rats, okay? So that's the first thing, rats in a maze, and they were experimenting with electrical shocks to see how they would respond to um, stress. And what they found was that if they get the mild electrical shocks, they could motivate them to kind of go certain ways around the maze. But once the shocks got too high or up to above a certain point, right, then they actually started to panic and go randomly. They just got very confused and they wouldn't go where they wanted them to go. And that was the basis for this curve, which is now kind of underpinning a lot of the things around stress management and everything else. And I just don't agree with that curve fully. Now, I do agree with in certain contexts that like there is an optimal uh, performance zone, but it's very unique to the person and it's very unique uh, to a team or, or, or an organization. But what it does completely ignore is the fact that A, um, it's people versus rats, right? And secondly, it completely ignores the inner state of mind. And that's a very personal situation. So I could take, again, three basketball players or three business people, put them into a situation of pressure. And each one of them might react differently depending on A, their state of mind, and also B, their habitual response to things like that. You know, but even on a simple level, say in business, and I think a lot of the old style model is around the stick. You know, if you're shouting at somebody in business and you might think, well, that's what's going to mo motivate them. I don't know anybody who responds better or performs better by being shouted at, whether they're a child on a pitch or in a, at a home or an adult in a meeting. Yet many leaders think, no, no, this is, this is the way to motivate these people with the stick. I'll use the card every now and again. Or somebody else might come back to me and say, no, no, Shane, look, I get you. I get what you're saying, but a little bit of tension is good. And I used to think that myself. I don't think that anymore. I just don't see it. Um, and, I, and I know that, like, my wife, if she's ever listening to this, or she, if, you're, if you were talking to her, Judy, the lovely Judy, TLJ, as I call her for short, um, she would say that I'm very good in a crisis. Um, I, I seem to respond well in a crisis. But if, I, if you ask me, it's not the crisis, it's what the crisis does to me. I, I go, go into a mode of uh, less thinking, less analysis. I'm very much present. And I think that's a, that's a habit. Whereas other people can crumble in a crisis. And I've heard all these stories over the pandemic where some have responded surprisingly well and some, some haven't. So it's very individual. Um, and I think if, you're, if I'm talking to my clients, they universally will always go, yeah, no, Shane, Graham, but like a little bit of pressure, like a, a deadline is important, right? And I would say, yeah, deadlines are actually, if they work, use them. But if they don't work, why use them? So you have to look at the effect on yourself, on the effect on people. And it's all coming down to what is the inner language or inner story that you're telling yourself or that the person is telling themselves. And as a leader in particular or a parent, you've got to look at your, the people around you and say, okay, well, hang on. 
How are they interpreting this situation? What is their thinking around that? So for example, when I was a young executive working, um, before I started working for myself, I was working on a project and I was definitely winding myself up and I was getting very stressed because in my mind, I, I, I was giving myself all sorts of what if scenarios and I was pretty sure I was gonna miss the deadline and I was worried about it because it was a significant project for me at the time. And my boss picked it up, fair play to him, and he got me into a meeting over a cup of coffee and he said, look, can I ask, what, what, are you, what are you thinking about this? And I had to reflect a little bit because I wasn't fully conscious of it. And I realized, I said to him, I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself that I'm gonna, I'm gonna run over here and then I'm, I'm gonna get into serious trouble with you and probably with, other, with your boss. So he said to me then, he said, okay, I'll tell you what, let me take the heat out of this for you. If we run over, there's no problem. I will take the heat for it. And I guarantee you there'll be no problem because we've run over on other projects. It's fine, don't, don't you worry about it. And that completely took the tension out of the situation for me because I believed him. And guess what? Of course, I, I, I came in ahead of time. Why? Because now I was thinking clearly, I was just radically different. I was like a different person. Okay, don't worry. I'm not going to start interrupting my podcast going forwards. This is probably going to be the only time I'm going to do two of these in one episode, right? So bear with me. Um, I was speaking to somebody during the week and I got a really nice surprise because they were telling me about, uh, they've been sharing the podcast with different uh, friends and uh, colleagues. And they were telling me that a couple of people had had really had a really huge positive shift from just listening to some of the episodes and podcasts, which from my point of view was just really exciting because uh, as you know, at this, this point, I'm talking to myself here. <laughs> I'm not getting instant feedback. So at times you're kind of thinking, is anybody getting any benefit out of this or is it just me entertaining myself? So I have a little favor to ask. If you're enjoying the podcast and you're listening and it's making a difference, would you mind writing a little testimonial in whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Just a few lines, maybe just answer two questions with like, what difference is the podcast making to you? Or how have you benefited from the podcast? Because I think it'll help other people to um, maybe to tune in and stay with it. Um, and look, if, if you are listening and it has made a difference, I'd love to hear your comments. If it doesn't work, if you don't want to do it, that's no problem either. But um, you can always send me an email, let me know, shane at shanecraddock.com, 1D. Right. Back to the questions before you leave the show. You know I love the questions, so let's get back to that. So here's the question for you. Like, what is your model around tension? And you might, I, I would say, don't answer that too quickly. Say, oh, no, no, I, I agree with him now or whatever. Reflect on your behavior. Think about yourself. Like, how are you behaving? Like, do you think you, are, are you, are you applying the pressure on people? Do you believe people need to be experiencing pressure or tension to be at their best or to get the most? Or do you see yourself, your role as removing tension, both in yourself and in other people? Now, I'm telling you, my experience right now, less than 5% of people actually do that. But I would like to think that I'm going to help increase that number in my diluted state. Because um, definitely some leaders, many leaders now, most leaders see, see tension as a really, really good thing. And I think... Um, Again, in conclusion, the key points here are tension, in my view, is the enemy of high performance. And tension is the enemy of creativity. And tension is the enemy. Thanks for being with me. Bye-bye.